You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Live at the studio of Worldwide Sports Radio. All right, let's go. It, it, it's the third and long show. And here's your host, Maddie Cavs. And welcome everybody to a brand new show of Third and Long here at the Worldwide Sports Radio Network here on Long Island. We're in Bohemia, New York, and it is a gorgeous, gorgeous day. It is hitting 60-something degrees here on Long Island, finally, and it's only April 8th. It's a beautiful day here on Long Island. You got myself, Mr. Matty Caps, along with my co-host and producer, Mr. Speedy Petey and my other usual producer, but he's sitting across from me today, and he's being a co-host only, Mr. Vinny Rubo. Gentlemen, how was your weekend? How is everything? I know, Speedy, you're not happy because of the Virginia game, and we Ugh. will be talking about the Virginia you believe that? game Ugh. first. Oh, my God. That game needs to be talked about. We will be talking about that game first, but gentlemen, how was your weekend? Wish it could be better on the results of that, but both games were enjoyable, so I'll, I'll deal with that. Enjoyable? Ugh. Well, I mean, this, not the results, but like the actual, like, it, they were good games, though. This Boring. game is going to be such a grind-out game tonight. It's going to be two defensive teams. It's just, you I know, feel like that's what they want you to think. I feel like we, right. needed, we needed a little Zion in this game. Oh, here we go. <laughs> We needed, oh my we needed God, a little we Zion. Even Zion. when he's I mean, out of the tournament, he's I still mean, talked about it. Oh, he makes me sick. I mean, I'll tell you what. The, the ratings are not going to be good <laughs> for I, this game. I'm not going to disagree with that. Nobody wants to see That's why Virginia we needed versus Texas Duke Tech. in this, oh my in this God, championship stop. game. We needed North Carolina in this national Duke, championship game. North Carolina. Game. That would have, that, those the ratings, ratings would have been, been off the hook. The ratings would have been off, off the, the charts. Hook. Probably the best national no, championship no, ever no, watched. No Most. superstars in this in this final. I mean, Culver's good. Jared but Culver's a top ten NBA draft pick. He might be top five now. Is what I'm hearing. Kobe White's a top five draft pick, and you don't believe me? No. Yet. Couple mock drafts. I see him at number five. My I'll friend. make a bet with you. Top five. No, no I'm not going to do that. <laughs> Culver is going to go over over White. You think depends so? on the style of the team. Yeah, well, though. and then it depends could. who needs could, it. Yeah, right. And that, that's the whole thing, but. It's it's neither here or there from at that standpoint, but but Culver's very well rounded where oh, he could. I love Jared Culver, six foot six, could good play. defensive player. The wing, mm-hmm. the wing. He's a wing. He could shoot. Now, would you like him on the Knicks, Jared Culver? If we ended up if getting it was like the, the fifth pick with the fifth pick, no, because Kobe White would be there. I would take Kobe White over him. Stop. I'm just telling you, Kobe White's a what very good point guard. If you don't think Kobe White's a very good point guard, you're you're sadly mistaken. But we're gonna get Kyrie. We're, we're well, gonna, but but that's you the would thing. hope. <laughs> but that's well, the thing. Yeah, if if we get one of those, then I, I listen. No, I don't. Then I would take Jared Culver easily and let Jared Culver right. play Culver two, or two or three. He could play both. Both. He's six but foot. What, six. I would. I would. Be? I think he's more ideal just because of his length and defensive ability at three, three. But yeah. I, I agree. he can definitely play two in some rotations if they want to experiment with different guys at three. Because we've seen the Knicks all year play different guys with the versatility that they Does have. Does he shoot the ball outside good enough? Very well. Yeah. Very well. Mm-hmm. He shoots the three point shot very, 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 very well. So and a good spacer too, creating which is, his own shot, which is always, always good to have. When uh, you look at that, 
But um, we're getting Zion anyway, though. Oh my god! I like I'm a Nick fan. I'm a Nick fan, and no, no, we're destined for the fifth pick. I'm already, I'm already putting it in my head. Are you sure? No, because I've been trying to tell you this now no, for about two months. Just Believe so me. like I don't, I don't, you know, in once, the, once if we get like the fifth pick, you won't be disappointed. In, in, because in the. In the uh, 10% chance to have the Knicks have of getting the first pick, knowing they're 14, draft 14%, 14%, 14% well, chance. Sure. Yeah. Well, that, well, I'm just saying that as a hypothetical, but in that small chance we have a first, at the first pick, if it just does get announced that they do end up getting the first pick and the Knicks select Zion Williamson, he'll shake Vinny's hand before Adam he Silver. Will shake my hand. <laughs> well, he'll, he'll find a way, to, Vinny will find a way to get on the stage and shake on, his hand well, you'll, before Adam that Silver. That night, if we... You know, the draft lottery, if, you, if we get number one, you'll see me on the news. I'll be streaking like Will Ferrell in, in old school. We're going streaking. Right. Going down. Vinnie Rubo arrested due to streaking. Miller Placeman arrested on Long Island for streaking down a main road. Because Nick's got number one pick. And his reasoning, the New York Knicks got the number one pick. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what, what would happen. But, again, we are the New York Knicks. I am a Nick fan, and I just know we're not going to get the number one pick whatsoever. So I'm just trying to. I'm glad Vinny may be starting to come around that he understands that we are the Knicks. Nothing. There's no good fortune for the Knicks. No, but we are going to get Durant. Which you know what? According to everybody else, that's what everyone else believes. But I'll believe it when I see it. Um, Fair enough. So I'm not going to just really jump up and get all excited for Kevin Durant until he's signed on a dotted line because we've seen everything and heard all these smoke screens before. So I'm not going to get into that right now. But let's get into the Final Four. And uh, the first game I want to talk about is the Auburn-Virginia game. And this game was an unbelievable game to watch. Yes, it was very low scoring. It wasn't anything flashy or whatever. Um, you look at this game, Auburn who is known for shooting the three-point sh uh, shot at a very high rate and shooting it very well, was their first game all tournament where they shot under 35% for three. And they shot the ball 29% from three and still should have won the game. I'm not saying anything else. They should have won the game. And, yeah, I'm going to talk about the foul. And, yeah, I'm going to talk about the double dribble. And, yeah, I'm going to talk about should they go to review and all this nonsense in the last minute. I'm going to talk about all that. But the fact is, Virginia did what they had to do to win this game. And you got to tip your cap to Bennett. You got to tip your to head coach, Tony Bennett. You got to tip your uh, cap to Kyle Guy, who had who scored the last six points in the last nine seconds of the game for the Virginia Cavaliers. Okay, um, Including three crucial Free no, throws. Very pressure written three, three, three throws. Three throws at the end of the game. You with know point, he's a good shooter. Point. But with 1.6 seconds left right, or whatever the clock. 81% free throw shooter. But that's not – you're still playing in the Final Four and arguably 70, the big, yeah, people. This biggest is not, game. This is not an arena. This is a, right. you know, a, yeah. a, a football. It's a, yeah, it's a, it's a football Pretty stadium. Well. Literally minutes after Auburn's 83% shooter missed a key one. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but, Speedy, I want to hear from you and whatnot. Vinny, did you catch that game at all or were you working? No, I was working. You but I, I did catch the last, like, uh, 30 seconds of oh, the so game. Oh, so the most so exciting I, part. So I yeah, saw yeah. that part yeah. and I saw the foul. So, you know, the double dribble was a double dribble. Was oh, a we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about that. you know, um, I did see Kyle Guy, you know, with the three free throws. That's what I did see. Um, you know, 
Virginia had that game in hand. They were, weren't they up 10 with they like two minutes left? By, yep. they, no, they were up by 49 They were up by 10 with seven minutes left. Five, five minutes left. Next and time then I check, less than seven, right. Next time I check, Auburn's up two. They were up, <laughs> the, they were up, by, th- they were up by 10 with five minutes left. And then Ty Jerome had a stupid foul for his fourth foul. And that's when the Auburn Tigers changed the game on its I mean, head and went on a 13-0 That thir- could have been an all-time collapse if, if they thir- lost that game. 13-0 run Auburn Tigers went on. Ty Jerome went out. And you could just tell how serious uh, Ty Jerome is to that team and how important he is to that team going forward. But, Speedy, let me hear from you. Don't talk about the end of the game because we're going to talk about the end of the game together All right. and whatnot. But what did you think about the landscape of the game? How do you think the game played out? Did it look like anybody had a had their fair chances to really run away with the game? Like I'm curious on what you thought about the landscape of the game. I'm not surprised that Auburn struggled to shoot threes because Virginia perimeter defense has always been what they're known for. They have three very good defensive guards. They've had that for a long time. So I'm not surprised at that. I'm I'm impressed with the way Auburn was able to play inside in the first half a lot of the time. You saw their guards and their uh, bigger guys drive to the hoop a lot. They were able to get to the free throw line. They were able to shoot free throws. And that's why they were winning for much of the first half. The problem I have was with the way that they came out in the second half. They seemed very predictable. And we've seen all tournament. They've been very good in the second half for the most part. And that, I think, is what hurt them the most, the way they struggled. They didn't score for four and a half minutes, and I think that's what really hurt them. But that's what happens when you can't shoot the three like they have been all NCAA tournament. Right, but that kind of game plan is predictable at this point. Virginia's still not going to say, all right, just because we're struggling inside against you, we're not going to keep going that. They're going to make sure that they're going to stick to their strength, and Auburn should have continued to go with that counterattack. So I'm going to criticize them for a little bit there, but after that, they really got it going. They had stretches, like you were saying, after Jerome went out where they were just on a run. The corner three specifically was really good for them in that game. I don't know why they didn't go to that more often. They were trying to go with those outside threes, which, again, Virginia, with the way they play defense, it's tough to do on them. So I think that was something that they could have gotten through in the second half because defensively they were pretty disciplined too. They were forcing Virginia into some bad shots, and they could have won that game very easily if, again, they didn't have – like those two bad scoring droughts. Well, the game got changed on his head is when Ty Jerome went out of the game with five minutes to go when the University of Virginia Cavaliers, they were up by five, uh, up by ten, and then he gets his stupid fourth foul, which was the dumbest foul I've ever seen, and then it went downhill from there. But we have a caller, and who am I speaking with? Oh, Jeff from Tampa. Jeff, what's going on, buddy? Maddie, man, everyone's killing the refs for that game, man. Um, Honestly, that was a foul. That was it was. Real- oh, 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 no, no, no. Absolutely. That was the most ridiculous foul I've ever seen a player make. But well, a lot of the reasons why the refs are getting killed is because of the, the missed call before that right in front of the ref's right, face. Right, picking up the dribble or whatever. Yeah, the, the, the double dribble that he missed. For everyone listening in, um, if you don't know, uh, the referee was standing three feet away from Ty Jerome and who was it, Macklemore or uh, yes, Harper? Yes, I think so. I think it was or, Macklemore. Okay. And they missed a clear double dribble on Ty Jerome, which would have gave the ball back to Auburn with 6.9 seconds left or whatever it was. And that Virginia would have had to foul right. at, at that standpoint. But instead, they let the play go on. Kyle Guy ends up getting a three out of it. Uh, and then at the end of the game, he gets a wide open three. Not wide open, not but wide open, not, not but wide open, but a three. It was a good look. 
it, it, it was a good look. I mean, he was still fading away. It was still, he was off balance a little bit. And the guy, Daughtry, Doughty, or whatever his name is. Uh, Malik Doughty, I think no, his name S. is. No, S. Doughty. Samir. Samir. Samir Doughty goes up and almost undercuts him, which was a clear foul. You can't touch a shooter whatsoever. Right, you have to let him land. And you saw him clearly hip check him when he was in the air. With uh, even uh, he didn't even really kick out his legs. Kyle Guy didn't even really kick out his legs. So I'm not even going right. to blame right. Kyle Guy in that instance. I'm blaming Samir Doughty in that instance because Samir Doughty should know better. Someone, if anyone wants to blame someone, it's, dude, it's the Auburn player. He had no shot Absolutely. of the ball. Right, right. He sh- he should have been nowhere near the dude. You should have just let him shoot. Right, he's the one that cost Auburn the game. Right, he played defense like he was trapping somebody to get a steal, not to defend a three. He was playing way too far up on him, where he should have been just in contain. Yeah, it, it, listen, if Bruce Pearl probably wanted to shoot himself, um, at that at that time in junction because he probably thought it wasn't a foul and it was garbage. But after he saw the video, you were able to see that he 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 knew it was a foul. I mean, it was a really dumb defensive play. It was oh, absolutely. It was one of the dumbest defensive plays. Yeah, it was one of the most ridiculous defensive plays I've seen in a very, very, very long time in, in the college game. And I've seen plenty, plenty of it. But it was just a really, really, really bad defensive play by Samir Dowdy. And you got to feel for those kids at Auburn because they come, they go on a 13 row, 13-0 run almost to end the game. And... Yeah, you, you, you let you let Virginia let Kyle Guy get open on the baseline to hit a three right. to cut it to one. Then you go you their best free throw shooter is it Bryce Brown? Yes, Bryce so, Brown Bri- is an eighty three percent shooter. Bri- and missed the second. Bri- Bryce Brown goes to the line, who was their he's arguably their best player without Chima Okeke, and he hits the first and misses the second to go up by two, and then you let you get the ball out of bounds and then you let a guy just get wide open. It's it's unbelievable. It's it, not wide open, but then you get Samir Dowdy to come in, and all you got to do right. is like scare him a little bit. You don't have to do anything crazy. You don't got to touch the guy. If he hits that three, you you tip your cap to him because right. that shot never gets made ever. It gets made maybe five percent of the time, not even one percent of the time out of a hundred shots when a righty is fading away to his left on the baseline. And he just never hits that shot. Right. And at that point as well, you want to also defend the three a little better than they were doing, too. It seemed like they were in a very traditional defense. And once they were up five after the whoever the 63% shooter was who was on the floor, he made both of them. I think it might have been Macklemore. I don't remember. He made both of them. And all of a sudden, they were up five. At that point, you want to defend the three. It was Macklemore. Macklemore. Right. At that point, you want to defend the three harder. And I'm surprised they weren't able to double team or contain Guy a little more where they, they were doing it. I think that's what cost them the game the most because Guy was, at that point, because he was struggling, he was kind of due at that point being the streaky shooter. Do you yes. give more credit to uh, Tony Bennett for calling the offensive sets at the last Yes, I do give. I, I'll give him more credit than the downside, but I do think the downside was prominent in terms of the way Guy was making those tough shots throughout the tournament. Even though his numbers are not great, he's a very streaky shooter, and he was more down than up. He was making those tough ones and those those key ones. And I think at that point they should know, especially in a situation where they need the three, that the, that's where they're going. 
Because if you allow a two... how bad these matchups are. You guys can't even name a guy that was on the floor at the end of the game. Well, well, they're not like a, they're not perennial powers. They're not like they're right. Duke. It's not like it's North Carolina, where Vinny can only name one person on Duke, and his name is Zion Williamson. Oh, it, it's not like it's North Carolina How'd that where. Work out? Was he any good? No, he stinks. He oh, like yeah, now, now he stinks. Now I'm listening to you clowns say that he stinks. What, what, what happened? He almost got knocked out by Taco Fall. Would that, would, would that have been awesome? <laughs> I, I, Supreme leader Zion Williamson. I, 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 I want to do the can't run. I want to make fun of Duke so bad, but I'm just not going to because I don't have the energy to really get into it with a lot of Duke fans. Like the amount of players Duke gets, like recruits wise and Coach K, they should be in the Final Four almost every year. And they they haven't made a Final Four since 2015. 15. And before mm-hmm. that, it was like 2001 or something. No, it wasn't. It was oh, 10. Two, yeah, 2010. Right. Yeah. So, uh, it, they get players, but Duke has always been a four-year school, though. Like If you think about it, like all the teams that have been good for Duke, they've had a, a, a ton of four-year players. Right. That's traditionally mm-hmm. what they had been. They had never really been out front of this one-and-done kind of thing. And I'm not sure Coach K knows what he's doing getting those guys. And it's weird. Usually you see Duke Kentucky be— Kentucky, usually. Right. Kentucky's always that team. But you always see Duke in the tournament. It's either they're a boom or bust. Like, it, once they get past the first weekend, they're usually a lock to go to the Final Four. Which and they haven't been that. They've which lost they've in the lost Elite Eight the, the last two years. Yeah, I was going to— But they've also lost, lost in the first weekend to Mercer. Right. That's what I'm saying. Boom or bust. They had that upset loss to Mercer. They were upset by South Carolina uh, two years ago. So they were always that team, but the last two years they've had Elite Eight losses, which is usually strange for them. But anyway... You can't, you can't rag on them for, for losing early, though, because look at this year's Virginia team. They're in, they're in the championship game. Last year they were the first number one to get knocked yep. out by a 64. Yep, mm-hmm. by, by, a, by a 16 seed, which is something we never see. So, I mean, it can happen to anyone at any time. That's and, it, and, it's, and it's going to be happening more and more. I'm telling you, it's going to be happening right. more and more. You're going to be I didn't, seeing it. Right, I didn't think it was going to be this year because the one seeds are more conscious. But next year, don't be surprised if it happens again. Yeah, it, it, it is what it is. But but, but back to this uh, Virginia-Auburn game, I really feel bad for the Auburn players. To lose like that with uh, Kyle Guy going to the free throw line with three, second, with, uh, three free throws with .6 on the clock or mm-hmm. whatever it was, and yep. him having the ice-cold veins that he has and knocking all three down, even after Bruce Pearl called a timeout. And whatnot. I thought he was at least going to miss one. I'm not going to lie. I really thought Kyle Guy was going to miss one free right. throw. I thought we were headed overtime. So did I. And and it, j- it just didn't it. happen. I don't know. I just had a feeling he was hitting them all. Well, I had 80%. that pessimistic feeling because of my annoyances at Virginia. But yeah. <laughs> and listen, and and I understand. And Virginia is one of the most boring teams in basketball right now. But I'm intrigued. Yeah, thing that they do well all the way through their lineup is every guy on that team can shoot free throws. Uh, not every guy. You talk about their big guys. Their big guys shoot at like 40-something right. percent. But those guys weren't on the court as much. It's kind of a stylistic change that they has went, worked for he, them. He went small because he's playing DeAndre Hunter at the four now right. and having uh, Mamadi Ducate at the five, who is six foot ten. Hunter's at six foot seven. Instead of going Salt, Ducate, right. and Hunter... They, they're going smaller because they, right. they're playing that freshman and guard, I think, Kihei Clark. Right, and I really think besides, I think, the Oregon game, they've done that lineup most of the time throughout the tournament, too. They played smaller against Oklahoma. They played smaller against Purdue. And they played smaller in this game, obviously, against an Auburn team that is very guard-filled and obviously with the three-point shooters. Yeah, it, it, it was just a wacky game. I didn't expect a game to end like that and how it did. I, I, I feel bad for the Auburn for the Auburn Tigers and, their, and the kids and their team and whatnot. 
You got to feel bad for them, dude. Come on. No, don't feel bad at all. Why? Don't feel bad at all. Why? It's an idiot kid that ran under a dude and made a dumb play that cost him the game. And I agree with you. I Listen, I agree with you. He was a dumb kid that he he just messed up, and he's going to have to live with it now, obviously, for the rest of his life. So it's... I, I just didn't want to see the game come down like that. I do blame the coaching at the end of the game, though, too. I thought they should have been a little more conscious of Guy, especially but that's especially coaching, after he though. made the first one. I mean, but that's not coaching, though, Speedy. The coach wasn't like, hey, man, when he goes to jump, why don't you run right through him? No, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the defensive sets as a whole. There were so many timeouts within those last... 20 seconds or so where they especially when they are up five you have to know that you have to prioritize guarding the three and guarding the three meaning guard the best three-point shooter as well coaching works though right because if it wasn't for a dumb player or some kid running under the dude the coaching worked yeah but at that point if if guy in in that instance was double teamed or something like that maybe he doesn't have to make that aggressive of a play either though so that's where i'm going to knock them a little bit I would in when they were up five. I would rather have them surrender an inside basket where all right, you're up sixty two fifty nine at that point. If you win a one on one battle inside, fine. Then you make a free throw, you go up four. Like I'd rather do that than try to allow a three in one on one coverage. It seemed like they were playing too much traditional man to man in a situation where I think they were had to guard the three a little better, especially after the first one was made, too. Make them go inside with their not-as-talented big men and make them win the game that Well, first way. of all, the Virginia Cavaliers do have talented big men in Mamadi, Ducate, and whatnot. Jack Salt sucks, I understand that, right. but that guy, Huff, who comes off the bench as well, is a freshman, and he's a seven-footer that but can Huff step But Huff didn't out. really play much no, in this no. entire tournament. so Because of matchups. Exactly. So I would rather put the pressure on those guys to be able to do it more than the I understand. I understand what you're saying, because you wanted, you wanted the players to be more aware of where Kyle Guy was, because when you looked at the play, Kyle Guy was more wide open at the at the beginning before Samir Dowdy got to him mm-hmm. and and you you wanted the players to be closer to him at that right. time. I think the, I got you. Not let him get the pass at yes. all is more what I'm referring to. Let somebody else beat you, maybe let them run a play that they might run out of time on and force him to rush the shot cuz remember at the after the foul that uh that was on Jerome against I think it was Brown there was 1.5 seconds left, and I was saying that whole game, that was a very smart foul because if he doesn't foul, Jerome has a wide-open three and probably wins it there. So at that point, make him run a play where they have to panic and rush a shot like they like they did against Purdue, which granted they made, but it was still like the right idea for from Purdue. You're, you want to take away the three. At least do that where you're, one, trusting the, wrong, uh, the players that you w- want them scoring, and two, trust your strengths of... Let's guard the perimeter and not take away the shot that can win the game and their best players. I understand that. I mean, at this point, I I get that point, but it's easier said than done when you're on the court and you have stuff to do. But, Jeff, let's talk about the next game now. We're going to step away from the Auburn-Virginia game, and now we're going to talk about the Texas Tech Red Raiders and the Michigan State Spartans. And nobody except probably myself Thought Texas Tech was going to win this game. You and my brother. <laughs> oh, your brother had Texas Tech? My brother Tech? had Texas Tech winning it all. <laughs> so that's, we'll not a bad, that's not a bad pick at all. But but you look at this Texas Tech Red Raider game uh, team and game in general, they really, really, really shut down Cassius Winston and the Michigan State Spartans. They, they, they let up 21 points in the first half. 
Mm-hmm. 21 points to a team that averages almost 70 points. It was absolutely remarkable watching this Texas Tech Red Raider team play defense. They're doing it with that Texas Tech might be the worst team in the Big 12 next year, if you want me to be honest with you. Uh, Tariq Owens is a graduate transfer. Odiase is a graduate transfer. Mooney is a graduate transfer. Culver is a sophomore, but we all know he's going top 10 in the NBA draft, so he's gone. And uh, Italian David Moretti, he might be going overseas to get paid in the Italian league. So this Texas Tech Raiders team, this is this is it for them. They need to do something now. So it's going to be really interesting to see. But they beat up on this Michigan State Spartans team. Speedy, what did you think about this? Jeff, did you catch this game at all? Yeah, I watched the whole thing from scores. It was pretty wild. Yeah, it, it, listen, it, I, I couldn't believe what I was watching. I thought Michigan State would have more of a fight than than what they did. I mean, Winston didn't play that I mean, well. Is it that or is, it, has people just been sleeping on how good Texas Tech's defense I th- really I is? I think a little bit of both, if you want me to be honest with you. I think a little bit of both because I knew that defense was that good. Do you think um, going into this game, Texas Tech or Virginia has the edge defensively? Who's a better defensive team? I would say Virginia at the moment just because those guys are all – they were all there right. last year. They didn't lose anybody last year. They have all those guys back. This Texas Tech has, again, a couple graduate uh, transfers in in Odiasi, uh, Tariq Owens, and uh, Matt Mooney uh, from last year. So, I mean – I would have to give it to the Virginia Cavaliers, if you want me to be honest with you. In terms of an overall defense, yes, Virginia has the edge, but I think Texas Tech has better length and aggression where they can force it into more transition baskets. And that's where, if they can do that, they could definitely now I'm hearing, win this game. You know, Texas Tech's coach, Chris Beard, is this, the new, new new big thing. You know, the new Brad Stevens, he's going to be, you know, a hot commodity. You know, I don't know if he's going to be coaching ne- Texas Tech next year. No, you I know, think he's, he's going to be gone too. Either, you know, maybe UCLA. I don't know if he, he would jump to the NBA, but um, I don't think he's going to go to the NBA, but I could definitely but, like see. a big Could college. UCLA be making any worse choices than they probably are right now? <laughs> no. No. no, but I don't think Chris what? Beard would be a bad choice for them. Not at all. I, I mean, do. Why? Really? Dude, yeah, I do. I'm, I'm, dude, I'm, I think it's a giant mistake that UCLA goes and gets guys. Like, they went after uh, Barnes, right? Does anyone think Rick Barnes is a good coach? I'm not crazy yes, about him, but I do. I think Rick Barnes is a good coach, but I, it's I mean, a lot better yeah. than what they had, though. You, some, at least you're running out of options at this point. So among this pool, right. if you don't get Chris Beard, he's probably the best option. I agree with you, Jeff. I'm not crazy about him either, though. Right, but what I see UCLA doing is equivalent of what the NFL is doing with like, oh, we got to find the new Sean McVay. Like all of a sudden, everyone's trying to find like the new great. Uh, you know, college basketball coach, and they're chasing guys. Dude, what's the dude at Texas Tech done? Nothing. He's had a great year this year, but it's one. Actually, the past two years he's been very good. The past two years he's been very good. He had Zaire Smith, who went to, in the lottery last year to Philly, who's right. been injured this season. He's he's transformed. He's been able to get guys to go to the school, right. which is a huge thing. Recruiting is a big part of it, and to get guys like those graduate transfers, like Tariq Owens, Odiase, right. and Matt Mooney, like those are big time guys. And remember to how get deep? Over. I remember how deep the conference was for a while too. He was able to rise. This was the first year where it was really bad in a while, and, and he was keep able in mind to rise. they overthrew Kansas, who has won it for the past right. decade and a half. But let's not forget about teams like Kansas State, teams like West Virginia, teams like Oklahoma that were always good. He was able to rise and create that program really from scratch. Because remember, he was coaching in like Division Three or something for a while until like three I mean, or four I just, years ago. I just look at most of these coaches and 
just doesn't work out well, right? Because you can say Shaka Smart was a great recruiter at VCU and did great things, mm-hmm. and he was. What's he doing at Texas? And well, truthfully, Steve Alford had a better track record than this clown at Texas Tech does. Well, what do you mean? What do you do at Texas? Well, he came from a little-known school as Arkansas Little Rock, and he brought them to the tournament, I think, for three straight years. If oh, you was want that the year they beat Purdue? Yeah. Oh, I, so he, he's not <laughs> like he doesn't saying, have... Look at some of these other small school coaches like Shaka Smart. Dude, Shaka Smart is it probably one of the like richest schools going in Texas... They can do whatever they want, and he can't. Get you're gonna, you're really gonna sit there and tell me UCLA is in one of the richer schools either. You, if he no, went no, to UCLA, what, he no, could. But my, no, but my point is, Shaka Smart was like the guy, right? Everyone wanted to get Shaka Smart, right? Because everyone because said, he took a small you know, school in VCU to the Final Four. That's why. I understand that, but I'm just saying, like, he hasn't been able to crack the code at a bigger school with a ton of resources. What makes you think this dude? And Texas Tech's going to be able to do that. Well, the reason why he hasn't been able to do it is because he hasn't been able to get the recru- get the recruits that he wants. Because also keep in mind, the state of Texas is ginormous, okay? Right. And there's so many big-time Division One schools, Texas Tech, Texas University, Baylor, University of Houston. It, it's not like it's not flooded with... Uh, talent and stuff. Mm-hmm. Maybe he ju- maybe he's just showing that he's not that good of a recruiter who would go to Texas. Now Chris Beard has shown that he's a good recruiter at Texas Tech. That he's able to go out and get guys that he needs to get to make his team. So I mean, a lot of I the for Jamie Dixon. And, and, That's all I'm saying. And listen, I would I I like Jamie Dixon as well. I. Listen, in my if you want my opinion, like people talk about Coach K and Roy Williams and stuff. No, they, they don't. Don't get me wrong; those guys are good coaches, but they just get the talent. You want you want to bring somebody up who could develop and be an actual like real coach and develop these skills and whatnot. You don't go as far as uh, Jay Wright at Villanova. What he's done at Villanova the past few years and getting nobodies to really buy in. And that's what Chris Beard did. He He's gotten nobodies to really buy in and coach these guys. And it starts on the defensive end. And the defensive end, and and that's where they excel. That's where Texas, Re- Texas Tech Red Raiders excel is on mm-hmm. the defensive side. Not on the offense because they have one guy that can really score right. in Jared Culver. But after that, it, it, it's, it's hit or miss there. But that defense... I I wouldn't want to go up against They've that defense. They've been top defense. 10 each of the last two years. Yeah, and I would say top five in the last two years. They've been absolutely fantastic the last two years. But you but you look at that game against Michigan State, they totally shut them down. Tom Izzo had no answer for anything because wherever they went, Texas Tech was right there. Texas Tech wanted it more. They had more heart. They, they just outplayed Michigan State, and it showed why they won by 10. And going back to what Vinny was saying earlier, are we sleeping on their defense? No, we know their defense is there. I think a lot of people, including me, were sleeping on their offense. They made a lot of tough shots in that game, too. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But now, you know, with the national championship is set for tonight, 920. You have Texas Tech against the Virginia Cavaliers. And now that we have Jeff, before we go and go to break, uh, who do you have winning and why? Uh, Virginia, man. I don't—I— I, I just don't see it being all that close. You know, at the end of the day, Virginia has guys that can put the ball in the hoop. And beyond Jarrett Culver, Texas Tech doesn't really have guys that can put the ball in the hoop. They're both going to play good defensively. That's what both teams do. 
but Virginia's got more people that can score. That's the name of the game right there, you know? I mean, look at how, how deep they are from Jerome to Braxton Key to, to Kyle Guy, even Jack Salt. Dude, Marmaduke, even Marmaduke can score. <laughs> Marmaduke Ducate. All right, so you have Virginia winning this game. Do you think it's going to go over the 118 over-under? Ugh. What's that put that at? Hold on, 50. So it's you're like talking 58, like 70 to 66? 50, well, that'll so, be 136. No, that's 60 more, to 58-ish, right. something like yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, over. I'm going over. You're going over. All right, Vinny, what, who do you have winning and why, buddy? I think uh, Texas Tech wins. I think it'll be close. It's going to be one of those ugly 50-50-something, you know, high 50s games, but uh, – uh, you know, I think Jared Colville obviously is the best player in the game. Um, and, you know, I like, you know, Chris Beard, and I like what he's doing there. I, I just think that it's their time. I think, you know, Virginia scratched out the last couple of wins. I just think Texas Tech is a better team right now, and I think they're going to show it tonight. Interesting. Speedy? It's going to be very. Oh, we already know this answer. He's not going. He's not taking Virginia in this. It's going to be very close. I do agree with Jeff. I think it'll actually be a little higher scoring than people expect. So I actually think it will go over the one eighteen. It just they find these weird ways to win, and I feel like something wacky is going to happen tonight. I really do. I am going to take Virginia. I'm going to surprise you and actually take it because I. I mean, they just found team, though, they, right? they just find these weird ways to win and. The first time, again, against Purdue, I, I was blaming Purdue more than I was praising Virginia because I thought they were la- lazy and, and lackluster the at the spread, end of the game. The spread's only one. But they now they just did it again. They did it again against Auburn. They w- they find these weird ways to win, and sometimes they when you're that prepped for it and that battle-tested, I feel like you're more ready down the stretch, and I feel like you're going to see a very close game, and something wacky is going to go that way. And I just think Virginia is just more prepped for those situations. So I am going to take them. As much as I don't want them to win, I am going to take them. I'm going to take the Texas Tech Red Raiders. I've been riding them since the beginning of the tournament. Yes, you have. When I told Speedy. I, I had them in the Final Four as well. I had, I've been riding them, and I just can't not, not ride them into the, uh, to cut down the nets. See that wonderful one shining moment, which we didn't do is today, Is it going to be Speedy. a close game? Um, I think Texas Tech is going to win by five or six. If you want me to be honest with you, I think it's it's going to go over one eighteen. I'm going to see I'm going to see a sixty nine sixty two score, sixty nine sixty two. That's what over I have. Over or under five times? Do we have to hear that moron yell "Send it in, Jerome!" Every time Ty Jerome hits a shot? I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> I might watch the game on mute so I don't have to hear that. But that's going to be my score. But Jeff. Thanks for calling, bro. We're going to go to break. I got, I got one question for Vinny before I go, and I just, you know. <laughs> go for it. What do you think about the new uh, Jets uniforms? I don't mind them. I don't mind them. They look like the Eagles. Much. They suck. Um, I, 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 like that's the not who they look Eagles. like. That's the old, I old school the Eagles. Not the new Eagles. Eagles. The old Especially school. the black ones. The green ones I don't like uh, the least. The whites are, are nice. I think the blacks are really nice. Uh, right. I, I think they could have done better with the helmets, but um, over overall – you know, there's going to be all these trolls hating, hating. Um, you know, no matter what the jerseys would have looked like, I think that the same reaction would have happened no matter what they are. That's just the day and age we live in. So, you know, that would have happened regardless. I, I think I think they're fine. I think, you know, through, you know, eventually people are going to get accustomed to and like them more and more. I think it's one of those things where, you know, like you hear like a song at first, you don't like it. And then like, it, you know, you're like, uh, you can start to get used to it. I, I, I think they're fine. 
I don't I don't have any problems. So they're with the boom bop of uniforms. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I think they're the perfect uniforms for the Jets to have. Like I don't think they could have nailed it any better because all they did was cap- copy the Saskatchewan <laughs> Rough Riders uniforms. And you're say that. How original. <laughs> Nothing is more perfect than the Jets being the CFL team of the NFL. <laughs> wow. <laughs> what a shocker that you oh, hate man. them. What a shocker. Nothing oh. is more Jets than saying we're unoriginal, so we're copying a CFL team, and oh, by the way, we're still going to suck. <laughs> I don't know about sucking. Well, we'll, see. we'll see. Jeff, thanks for calling. If you want to call back maybe in a half hour, we're getting into a little bit of the NFL and New York Giants, and then we're going to get if into some baseball. If you want to talk about sucking, we'll talk about the Red Sox. Yeah, dude, listen. In a, in a little first bit. Of all, you, yeah. First of all, you weren't around, but ask Matt who I picked to win the division. No, ask he, Matt who I picked. He picked the Yankees, and he said the Red Sox weren't going to have that good of a season. He, so far, he's yeah. he, he's right. So far, he's right. But, Jeff, call back in like a half hour if you want to get into and it with us. This to you over and over again. I hope the Red Sox are terrible. I'm so tired of parades, dude. Do you know how exhausting Speedy it is hang up the phone. <laughs> Jeff, I'll see you later. We're definitely hanging up on you now, so we don't have to hear anything more about the parades. Speedy, hang up the phone. Hang up the phone. Thank you. Thank you. Thank oh you. God. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, that was our NCAA take. We uh, gave you our predictions and who we think will win. Speedy surprised me by taking the Virginia Cavaliers, his most hated team. It's oh, shocking. It's so to me. annoying there, the well, way they've before, won. Before we get on break, what's the reason for the hate for the Virginia? Is, it, it, is there it was something like fans, in the past? It or? was their fans last year just driving me nuts on Twitter. And when I when they lost. You had a couple of trolls on you? Just for Virginia trolls, trolls and Virginia fans in general. And when they lost the 16 seed last year, and because I was them? calling, I was calling them overrated when they were the number one team in the nation for a long time. I said they were the worst number one overall seed I ever saw. When they won last year, I when they lost last year, or when they lost when UMBC destroyed them, not only beat them, destroyed them last year. I was so happy. So I've been kind of that annoy. Uh, uh, I've been that that guy guy for the whole time, and now. I'm looking wrong for what so, they're doing this year. So, so I'm one, just annoyed with them. They're not my number one hate. I hate Kansas the most, like I've said, but they're starting really? to get to that. Why about Kansas? Kansas, just, when I was a little little kid, not little kid, but like when I was almost a teenager, like before I was a teenager, and I didn't really know anything, but I liked watching it. I picked Memphis to win it all when they had Calipari, and that was the year Kansas got the buzzer beater. Is that so Rose? It, yes, that team. Like that year just – it annoyed. It broke my heart because I wanted to be right the first year I ever made a bracket. I was like, and I've just, I've hated them. Okay, since so then. one thing before we get to break, you think Virginia is going to win, but right. you want Texas Tech to win? Absolutely. Okay. Okay. Well, there's please. no way I'm rooting for Virginia in any tournament game unless they are playing Kansas. Oh. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, you heard it from the good old Speedy Petey himself. But we have to go to break, and when we come back from break, ladies and gentlemen. We will be getting into some NFL and the New York Giants when we come back at the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. It, it, it's the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Radio Network. You, you, you are listening to the Third and Long Show, and here's your host, Maddie Cavs. 631-676-2968 is the number to reach us here at the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. And now I really do want to talk a little bit about the NFL and the New York Giants. I really want to talk about the Giants because I was reading some interesting stuff over the weekend, and 
all, all this other stuff about them. And I am praying to God every single day. And I know Vinny wants to see me flip out and whatnot. And I hope he's completely wrong. But I'm praying to God every single day that the New York Giants avoid a quarterback in this year's I class. I think Speedy would want to see that too. I would. Why would you want to see that? Because I'm not crazy about the quarterbacks in this draft. Thank you. Thank you. Nobody is crazy about the quarterbacks in this year's NFL draft. And now I'm going to give you some reasons why I think the Giants should avoid uh, this year's uh, QB draft class. And you look at the New York Giants, they've, listen, they've, they've taken criticism for the moves they've seen uh, Gettleman do in the past two off-seasons. Uh, you look at Saquon Barkley winning Rookie of the Year this past season, and the idea of selecting a running back over a potential franchise quarterback didn't sit well with a lot of people, and rightfully so. It didn't sit well with me. Speedy, what about you? Did it sit well with you? Again, I'm, I was, that was the only player I would have taken over a quarterback because I thought he was that good. So I'm not extremely disappointed with that. Would I have preferred a quarterback? Maybe. Again, the only thing last year is I didn't want Baker Mayfield, but he went one anyway, so I was kind of relieved at that point. But if the Giants were to take Saquon Barkley, it was because they would have had a plan to take a different prospect down the road. Now, again, I didn't expect them to lose all this much, but if it was going to be a quarterback down the road, I did not want it to come from this year's draft. That's for sure. No, and listen, you're 100% right. Why would I, why would you want anything to come from this year's draft? But, but you look at it, um, they had a disastrous 2018 campaign um, where they even did a more unpopular move by trading Odell Beckham Jr., even though they, I, I think they did well with what they got back. But now they're stuck with Eli Manning and a bunch of unproven talent and with a team that needs to rebuild. At least we know the Giants are going to try and rebuild, which is the main thing. But for, for most... And everything I hear from moronic people is that people want to add a quarterback in the first round, especially at number six at like Dwayne Haskins or some right. sort of absolute nonsense. Well, I'm here to tell you why you shouldn't think that. And one of the reasons why is team building. Giants lacking talent pretty much everywhere on the field. Okay? Running back, tight end, uh, Guard and free safety are the only four positions New York is pretty much set at right now going forward. Even the safety is questionable. Yeah. Too. Team building is much more than the quarterback position. New York is planning. We already know the Giants are planning to roll with Manning this upcoming season anyway. Adding a quarterback in the first round won't change it. Okay. And obviously we saw by moving Odell Beckham Jr. The Giants made it clear they're not contending this season. Expecting a rebuild is much more than taking a chance at quarterback, which I've been saying for the past who knows how long about this rebuild situation and not drafting a quarterback. And now you want to look at the draft. The Giants can add two quality long-term players right. in the first round. This month's draft, this upcoming month's draft is absolutely loaded at need positions for the Giants. And it, listen, we said it We said it before. It's all about building a well-rounded roster. Among those positions that uh, the Giants could strike gold in round one is something I've been saying that the Giants need to do at number six, and that's an edge pass rusher. 
at number six or a defensive lineman at number six or a linebacker at number six. Those are where the New York Giants and Dave Gettleman need to be looking at that number six pick. Um, I don't think a wide receiver is worth taking at number six. I'm sorry, DK Metcalf is not worth taking at number six. Uh, The Giants could also trade down from their original six pick or the 17th pick. That's risky. But listen, it will add more draft capital in a deep draft at other positions, which would only help the Giants in a rebuild, which the Giants are in. They're in a rebuild right now. (coughs) I mean, you look at it. Look look at the Miami Dolphins model. It's all about the 2020. It's all about that draft class. Outside of Kyler Murray and Dwayne Haskins, every quarterback in the 2019 NFL draft seems to be a pretty big project. So why are we going to go out there and really reach for a quarterback? I really think those two are projects, too. and, And listen, I agree with you. I agree with you. Like, outside of those two, though, the other quarterbacks in this year's NFL draft class look like pretty big projects going forward. Matt, let me ask you this. Would you rather... Wait for Tua or Lawrence in two years. Like, are you willing to risk two years of losing to for Lawrence, or or do you want Tua next year? Well, I want to see how they play this year before I can make that decision. Because if they show like they are god awful or whatnot, I, I and mean, I don't think they're going to be god awful. I think they're going to be absolutely terrible. They I, have they have no talent I mean, besides right now, Saquon Barkley. That, that's not even a question. They have no talent besides Saquon Barkley. Like, they're going to be really, really bad. To say they're not going to be really, really bad is an understatement. But if you want, if you really want me to be honest, and everybody knows how I love Tua Tagovailoa, I love him more than but anything. But Trevor Lawrence is. But Trevor supposed, Lawrence must is. Must be, you know, the best prospect Tre- since Andrew Luck. Trevor right. Lawrence mm-hmm. is, is the guy. And, he would have been number one this year. And, and uh, easily. Yes. Not even, not even a question he would go number one. But you look at it, it's only magnified by the fact that next year's draft class is pretty much, is pretty good, seemingly stacked at quarterback. And again, it starts with Tua. Tua is going to come out next year as a junior. Justin Herbert went back to refine his game at Oregon. He's going to be a senior. Uh, Jake Fromm, he could only get better because he's still a raw guy right now going forward. All three, but again, all three of these guys could have been top quarterbacks in this year's in this year's NFL draft. If they if they if Justin Herbert wanted to come out, he would have he would probably be the number one draft pick. He was pick. smart to stay though, yeah. I think. I listen, I agree. He would have probably been the number one draft pick in this year's NFL draft. But again, building for the future and it's not about the two, 2019 season. Like that's what people don't understand and that's what bothers me a lot about people is that it's not about it's not about uh um this upcoming season in a rebuild, you have to look to the future. We're not going to win this year. We're not going to win next year. Could we possibly make some noise in year three? Maybe depending on our schedule and who we have, but you, we as giant fans have to start looking to number season four and season five. That's ideally where the giants really need to start looking is four or five years down the road, because let's be real. uh, The giants gave up, uh, the idea of being really competitive next season when it traded Odell Beckham Jr., okay? And that made it clear to everybody. We all know that. Like, it made it clear to everybody. But, I mean, why not maybe package a first-round pick and a move down this year for a first-round first round selection in next year's draft? 
Why not? I mean, it's just something to keep your eye on. And don't get me wrong. I'm a big advocate of keeping my first-round draft picks, okay? I love that we have number 6 and 17. But if someone wants to move up and take number 6, okay, and obviously the price is going to be pretty damn high if you're going to want the number 6 draft pick. And how far they're trading up, though, too. Are we, are we all course. in agreement that Kyler Murray's probably going one? Absolutely. I've said this. Yeah, I, even I though I don't this. think he should, but he probably but will. Murray's one. Um, and then after that, it's probably Bosa. I think, Bosa, I think a Williams. team's going to trade up for the Niners pick. I still think that. Hot off the press on this Bleacher Report mock draft just came out today. So Josh Allen goes to the Jets at three. Bosa two. That, that, would, that would be Kyle ideal Murray for the one. New York Jets. New York Giants, number six, Dwayne Haskins. I'm going to – I'm going to – I'm going <laughs> to uh, – like it's just it's, – it's really aggravating to me that it's – Four, Quinn and Williams. Five, Devin White. Six, Dwayne Haskins. I pray to God every Seven, single Seven, Jawan Taylor. See, the the other thing that— Oh, the offensive tackle. Yeah. And then eight, Mont- Sweet. You like Montez Sweet. Sweat. He's good, yeah. I so, do. The other thing, too, is you're really messing with the true value of the pick in a non-quarterback class. It's a defensive class with good tackles as well, which is, uh, which is the direction that the Giants should go in. Now, I've said many times that because it's a— deep defensive line draft, especially for edge rushers, that maybe the Giants go in a different direction at 6, but then they could fall back at 17 and get somebody like Brian Burns or something like that at 17, which could be an option as well. I would honestly look to trade that 17 pick for more draft capital, if you want me to be honest with you. It depends on what's there. I think that's something we're not going to know yet. I never like to make trades ideally, what before I really, we know what happens. Ideally, what I really want, though, is for Vinny Rubo to stop putting that goddamn nonsense into the well, yeah, universe. That too. I, it's not me. It's, it's but these websites. It. You're, you're reading it. Right. I'm, reading just, it. I'm just giving it. the people what they want, no, which the is the mock draft. The people don't want that, Vinny. <laughs> the people do not want that Listen, whatsoever. I think a lot of this is smoke and mirrors with the Giants. I don't know if they're completely, a lot of are, yeah. if they're completely you know, all in on one of these quarterbacks in this year's draft. I, I don't think any of them I agree that they're probably gonna wait, but you know, you keep seeing all this stuff, right. you know, with the Giants picking these quarterbacks. So maybe, maybe I'm wrong, and maybe I, they are. They do think highly of. I Haskins. think the whole quarterback notion in general is overblown. Well, I'm gonna tell you for, this: for teams trading up for quarterbacks just because they're quarterbacks. You want to know what the worst thing they could possibly do is not draft a quarterback at six, but then draft a guy like uh, Drew Locke or Daniel Jones at 17, and you want to see someone jump off no parachute from the Brooklyn Bridge, you'll see me on TV because I'll, I'll freaking do it. Well, what would be worse? The Giants drafting Haskins, the the outcome, or the Knicks not getting a number one pick? Oh, like, what, what, what would be comparable? worse? Haskins. Our reaction. Haskins. Haskins. <laughs> well, it's gonna, what is, what it's do you think be, the answer to that question would have been? He doesn't want Zion Williams. I don't want Zion Williams. No, 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 for me. Oh, for you. Oh, for you, it's the Knicks. Me, the Knicks oh, not getting yeah. the number oh, one pick. Oh, yeah, it's the Knicks. The Giants drafting Haskins. It's the Knicks. It's not even a question. You already said you're not coming on for like the next three weeks if the if the Knicks don't get the number well, definitely one not the next day. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, a mental day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If, if if the Knicks don't get, it's the but, Knicks. But for you, you also said if Haskins gets drafted by the Giants, you need a mental day. I'm gonna need a mental like week. <laughs> Just to say what you week. got, what you you know, we would have to get the mean speed. We'd have to get the popcorn ready for you know what would be said on air the next time you were on air. Well, let, well, let's be real here. The draft is on Thursday. The next time I would be on would Monday. be on Monday. And that Monday show, so I'm you would sure have a both of, of you would want to be on so that show. So you would show. have a couple of days to, you know. Let it percolate and marinate. Re- really, really gather myself before I come in here cursing up a storm and getting in trouble. Because you want to see someone get all red and really, really 
really, really aggravated and flipping the F out, tune in on Monday if the New York Giants, after the NFL draft, if the New York Giants select uh We'll, we'll get Dwayne you a Haskins. Haskins jersey. Vinny. Yeah, you could pick between the Haskins or the, or the, or the Zion, Zion Williams uh, jersey. Let me just t- let me give you let me give you a little. <laughs> Which one insight. would you pick? No, no, you have to pick one. If I had to pick, you one. had to pick one: a Giants Haskins jersey or a Knicks Zion Williamson. Oh man, Speedy, that's a tough question. Oh man, <laughs> well, if, for you, yes, yeah, for you. <laughs> um, if I had to pick one, oh God. I think you're going Duke. I think I am too. It's I making me sick. Zion. I think I'm going Zion as well. I like basketball jerseys more than I look for than I like football jerseys. So I am going to take a. Then if I had if gone to my head, I would have to take a Zion Williamson jersey. So I would take a Zion Williamson jersey, and I would throw up probably <laughs> afterwards. But again, I would never wear it because it would make me sick while I'm wearing it. So you don't have to worry about that. But again, you don't have to worry about Unless that. Unless he becomes a superstar, you're, right? And then you're going to be like, oh, you, I well, him. no. In five years down the road, I pray. I'm, who do we have? Who am Jeff's I dealing back. with? Here we go. <laughs> Jeff from Tampa. What's going on, buddy? Buddy, I just want to know why you think it would be such a bad idea for them to take Daniel Jones at 17. I don't – I just – again, another guy that I don't think he's the answer. I've been reading so many conflicting reports. And don't get me wrong. I've heard of good things about him. And one, I haven't seen him enough as I wish I did, okay, because Duke is never really on national televised TV. <laughs> We're talking okay. about a quarterback from a basketball school. <laughs> ne- next year next year he will be, be- – uh, well, he won't be, but next year with the ACC network coming into fruition, you're going to be able is to that see – Knox- hold-, hold on. Is that your Knox being a quarterback from a football school? How's Mitch Trubisky doing? From North Carolina, Chapel Hill. Mm, he's okay, but um, he's not. Well, he had a pretty I wouldn't good say, I wouldn't say he's top notch. Yes, I, he did. Okay, Come I, on, Jeff. I, I'm not. A there big, are other factors I, before him. I'm not a big fan of any. Jeff, you've you've known this from what I've said. I'm not a big fan of I any of the not quarterbacks. A huge fan, but I'm just, listen. I, I'm not saying I disagree with you at six, right? I, I agree with you at six, but at seven, like you have to draft a quarter. You have to start drafting quarterbacks, man. I mean, are you guys just going to be the Philadelphia 76ers and be trust in the process for, like, the next 10 years? Yeah, but in terms of finding a, the, a quarterback to Jeff, rebuild you, with, you Jeff, have to get you it and right I, more than do it first. You and I both know in the NFL it takes longer to rebuild than anything right. than anything else. And the New York Giants aren't going to win within the next three years. So why why are we going to go draft a quarterback at right. this time when we could possibly wait till next year, finish 2-14, and 14, get a top-three pick, and possibly get our franchise quarterback right. and say, Justin Herbert or to attack of I.O. And yes, I wasn't a big advocate of Justin Herbert either in the middle of the season. I'm one of the guys besides Speedy that is glad he's going back to school. Right. One, I'm going to be able to see him more because I'm going to really concentrate on Oregon, hopefully, next season. Okay, But two, I... I I, I want to be able to really, really go in-depth with some of these guys and watch them more than I did this past season. Um, I, 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 I look at him, I look at Jones, and I like his size, okay? Uh, he was a three-year starter. Um, he, he started Got what? a good arm. He has a great arm. Uh, Two-to-one two TD to inter- interception ratio. Uh I mean that 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 could be better. Um listen, I I I just don't like him. It's not that I don't like him. 
I don't like him for the Giants. I don't like any quarterback in this year's draft for the Giants. It's it's also the notion of the fact that you have in a rebuild, you have to get the quarterback right. It's not a matter of getting it first. It's it's a matter of getting it right. Exactly. When when the Colts in 2011 found out that Peyton Manning was getting neck surgery, did they panic and take a quarterback in that draft? No, they waited till the next draft where Andrew Luck was possibly there, and they said we're going to go get that guy because he's special. He didn't have great no. And, and again, that's an outlier, dude. That's a complete outlier. Why? Because why? Because it's Peyton freaking Manning, and you wait to see what Peyton Manning has left, right? Like you know. But still, next surgery. They knew what the next surgery was, and they knew what they were going to be getting into. They knew it could have been career ending and all that stuff. So yeah, you don't wait. Uh, I mean, they obviously right, but think. So then why didn't the Colts take a quarterback this last year or in this upcoming draft or whatever? Because you never know with Andrew Luck's shoulder, right? That could have been career right. ending. No, I agree with you. That would have been a panic move, and I think that would have been wrong. So they they obviously drafted the offensive line to help him out the same way they did in 2011 when I, they took Anthony Cassanza. I, I, I look at Daniel Jones and this. He did not have great numbers at Duke. Um, his sophomore season was especially shaky. He's had fumble and injury issues that are a little concerning. Um but again, the Giants also have a little bit of history with big Duke quarterbacks. They did draft Dave Brown, and the fans would like to forget about him. <laughs> so, I mean, I think – don't get me wrong. I, th- now, I, I think Daniel Jones is going to go somewhere in the first round. I think Jeff, someone's going to be able to take now him. Now, in this the, the Bleacher Report mock draft that I was talking about, you know, Jeff, they have Daniel Jones going to your New England Patriots at 32. Would you be happy with that uh, if the Patriots use the first-round pick on a quarterback this year? Not a first-round pick. I, I think that they should take a quarterback, but I'd be looking in the – like, they have three third-round picks. I think that that's the place for the So Patriots not Daniel Jones, basically, because obviously he's probably going the first or early I, second. Yeah, I mean, listen, I would, I would love for the it, – it, it's just a it's, – it's a situation for the Patriots where, unfortunately, Vinny, they're still there. They still can compete, right? <laughs> Do you want to get guys – that are going to be on the field to fill some of the holes that they have right now. So they don't you, want to be taking a – they have a quarterback. They're set a quarterback for the upcoming year, right? Yes. So they should fill the spots that they need to fill. And you, So you're saying worry about that later? Later in the draft yeah. or another year? Oh, no. I definitely think they need to be taking one this year. Okay. Really? So what quarterback would you take in the second round if you're a New England no, Patriots? No, he said third round. In, oh, okay. What quarterback do you think is worth taking this year's draft class in the th- – I'll even say the second round. Because if, if you're picking him in the third round, you're, you, you know, he's, he's, is he going to be your future quarterback? I mean – No. Well, look at Tom Brady who was drafted in the sixth round. This, listen, he's an anomaly, okay? You don't even have to go that far back. Where was Dak Prescott picked? Fourth. Yeah, but he stinks. What about uh was Russell Wilson? What Russell was Wilson was a third round pick. He was a third round pick. Well, well, Jeff, I'm asking you then if if you want the Patriots to take a quarterback in the third round you or whatever. No, you already know. Oh, Clayton Thorson, Clayton Thorson. One of I'll take one of two guys. I'd I'd be so happy with one of two guys: Clayton Thorson out of Northwestern, or Ryan Finley out of North Carolina State. NC State Finley. Mm-hmm. NC State. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I think Finley's another quarterback that people are sleeping on. That dude can play football. Yeah. Okay. You I'm know, a, and I because I think that those guys, they have all the intangibles. Like the, I, 
you guys know this. The key is getting a guy in there to learn for a year or two. Generally, those are the guys that do better. Generally, yes. But again, I, I look at Jan- Daniel Jones as well, too. But you got to keep in mind, he also had a clavicle surgery as well. Collarbone injury. And, and that's a little concerning. He also holds the ball a little bit too long. And he doesn't pull the trigger fast enough. Um, All stuff you can work on. Yeah, uh, listen, agreed. Agreed. I'm not, I'm not taking anything away from that. Um, I don't know if he's going to be used to the speed on the pro defenses. He has to be more decisive. decisive okay? I, I'm... I'm a, I, listen, it's a, well, all these are points that are, are concerning to me. I, I just, again, this all has to do with me not liking any quarterback in, in this year's draft class, if you want me to be honest with you. Not even Kyle Lamar. You don't even like Kyle Lamar. Um, it's not that I don't like him. I, uh, I mean, would I take him on the Giants at six? Maybe. But he, he's, a, again, a guy that I, I, don't, I don't see him as – I don't. I don't know what it is. I, I... Too many questions for somebody that's also a dual sport athlete. So, uh, that, that's right, a good let point. Me just, let me just back up the Kylo Murray argument with this. Right? Everyone said no to Baker Mayfield. Everyone's like, ah, Baker oh, Mayfield trash. Right? Kylo Murray did better than Baker Mayfield at the same school. Oh, I know. I know. Right? So, I, and Baker went out there and threw or. Well, should have been a record if he had played from the start, right? But he ended up tying the record for touchdown passes in a season. He's on track to be really, really good. And that's a guy, by the way, everyone was like, nah, don't pick him. He stinks. Yeah. Listen, uh, do you think now more and more that he's going number one? Let me just ask you that. Unfortunately. Okay. Okay. I I just wanted to see what what you felt because I know a couple of weeks here, back maybe we rose about into it. the Redskins. Redskins, that's, that's a very big possibility. That is a yeah, that's a big big possibility right there. Yeah, but for what though? I mean, think about how backwards the Cardinals are. They want a first rounder. I don't think they're getting they're one. Gonna uh, they're going to get a second rounder. rounder. I think probably. it's going to be very hard for them to get a first rounder. I don't know. It's Daniel Snyder though, right? You could get three true. <laughs> true. You might get the RG three package. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's crazy. But I don't, I don't see anything wrong with Daniel Jones or Drew Locke or anything like that at 17. Say that again? I don't see a problem with Daniel Jones or Drew Locke at 17 for the Giants, though. Uh, that, I like, I, I first of all, I hate Drew Locke. I, I hate Drew Locke. I hate Drew Locke. He's another Case Keenum, and I don't want him. I hate Drew Locke. I hate Drew Locke. I hate Drew Locke. Um, I, I, listen, I, I, you know how I feel. I don't want Daniel Jones either. I want them to go after other more in need positions because they have they go obviously going with Eli Manning for this next year and stuff and who knows what's going to happen after this year they might sign him again for another one year deal because they might have the Giants might have their eye on 2021 who knows what they're going to do with two, uh with Trevor Lawrence so again it, it's something we are going to have to keep our eyes on going forward with the New York Giants but I mean, are they going to just give the reins to Kyle Lawletta eventually no hopefully not no I think that again, they're just trying to wait for the right time time to do it. And the Giants, it's not like they're a quarterback away. I think that would be different if they were a quarterback away and maybe a couple defensive pieces. But they they purged a lot of assets, and they need a lot. And a draft that isn't quarterback heavy, I don't think it would be smart. Man, I like I like some of the quarterbacks in this draft. I don't know how you guys are just crapping on all of them. I, Jeff, it's not that I'm crapping on all of them. I gave you points why I don't like them, and I told you from the get-go I don't like really any of the quarterbacks in this year's draft class. I mean, what's, what's your beef with Dwayne Haskins? 
Um, went to Ohio State. Urban Meyer doesn't produce good quarterbacks. Only played about 10 games or 13 games his entire co- uh, college career. Um, one thing, a couple things I do like about him is he does have a strong arm and he can fit things in uh, tight spaces, which he, we were able to see a few times. But again, a it, few times is the key, though. Yeah, uh, his footwork is slow. Uh, his mechanics and his drop back is very slow. Um, and he and he doesn't scramble well. And in, in, in if you're not if behind that New York Giants putrid offensive line, you're gonna have to be able to Intent move. And he can't tackle. And he can't. So, it, that those are just my points. That's just how I feel. Um, and yeah, and we're we're just gonna go from there. So I mean, there's gonna be a good quarterback in this draft. Someone's gonna get a good quarterback. We'll see. Right, there's usually one, but I just I I can't imagine it being. I, I can't imagine it being a lot, though. I, there's usually going to be one gem. I personally think it'll be Will Greer. You think, obviously, it'll be Thorson. But, again, I wouldn't take those guys well, in the first round. Well, listen, I'm not saying that. I think Daniel Jones is going to be a good quarterback in the okay, draft. Fine. I really do. Right. I'm just right. saying, with the value of the, the picks that the that the Giants have, and even other teams as well, I wouldn't do that in the first round. And I think a lot of teams, maybe besides the Redskins, because their roster is actually pretty good, I don't see the desire for other teams that have all these holes to be able to do that. And the Giants are included in that. Obviously, the Cardinals are included in that. Miami, the Broncos. I think I, there's a lot of teams that I just don't think it makes sense for them to do it at that point. The only one I could see, just because I don't think they need as much as people think, is the Redskins. And the only reason I've been picking Thorson to the Patriots for, I mean, quite a while, is Thorson just, he's just a Bill Belichick guy. He's just a Belichick guy. He's got the size. He's got a little bit of speed. He's got a big arm. And, he, and you know, Belichick wants smart kids. Right. If they're a better school, if you're a smart kid than Northwestern. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Jeff, I hang on. seems like he fits the mold. Yeah, yeah, I could say that. It's possible. But, Jeff, hang on. We're going to go to break, and then we're going to talk a little baseball. So just hang on now for the last uh, 15 minutes of our show. All right? Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to go to a quick break. And when we come back from break, Major League Baseball time, New York Yankees, Boston Red Sox, and the garbage from Queens. When we come back at the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You you, you are listening to the third and long show. And here's your host, Maddie Cavs. 631-676-2968 is the number to reach us here at the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. We still have Jeff from Tampa on the other line. And now, Jeff, let's talk about your Boston Red Sox a little bit before we get into some other teams. Um, they're 3-8 and eight right now. They're finally going home. They had an 11-game road trip, which is kind of crazy to start off the season, which doesn't help any which way. But what what's a little – it has to really – I don't know if it's going to raise a light bulb in your head or whatnot, but the starting pitching hasn't been there for the Boston Red Sox. What do you think? I mean, last night was the first time a Red Sox starter got through the first three innings without allowing runs, (laughs) you know? So obviously their pitching has been awful, right? But, you know, it's early. We're not panicking. We know how to win. We're defending champs. We throw parades. You know, they're not out of it. Yeah, that's a tough road trip to start the season, too. Three West Coast games in a row. Right right in a row. The schedule definitely did them no favors, right? Right. Like, normally when teams start the season, whoever starts away comes home right for the second series, right? 
that didn't happen. They 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 just played three series on the West Coast. They were just the road, three like weeks that. on the road. Right. You know, yeah. they they two and a half weeks, whatever, on the road. I mean, that's a lot, and that takes a toll. And now they finally get to come home for a bunch of games, but. The starting pitching is is something that worries me for the Boston Red Sox as much as it does for almost for the New York Yankees, and that's a lot. And I know you don't want to panic, Jeff, and I understand. I mean, you guys have so many parades and all that nonsense. Okay, well, I, I mean, do you think Chris Sale is going to go the whole year without getting through three innings without allowing a run? No, no, not at all. Do you think that Bovaldi is going to do that? Dude, as bad as David Price is, you think David Price is going to keep going every game allowing four runs in the first inning? No. No, or you so hope it's not. It's going to get better. The yeah. pitching is going to get better. But still, right now, I mean, this is a team that won the World Series last year, and they're sitting three and eight. And what's shocking to me right now is that Vinny hasn't said a word about all this. He knows. He knows. Taking no it all in. As soon as he goes, the Red Sox stink. I go, we're defending champions, and he can't be. And he squirms in his chair. He can't take it. He no, you're, you're, you're just waiting for him the, to be the mush to uh, to start picking against him all the time. No, and I think he's that's when that, now this year. That, he's smart enough now this year not to call a sacrificial lambs. He opened his big mouth twice last year. What happened? <laughs> Two rings. Oh, you're definitely not winning this year. <laughs> oh, Vincent. Here comes the 12-game win streak. Oh, oh Vinny, <laughs> Vinny, Vinny, man. No, it's not happening. It's not. Oh, come on. Here comes the 12-game win streak. The last... uh, but, see, but this is what Vinny does, right? Because he's going to keep throwing crap against the wall to see what sticks. And eventually one time he's going to be right. He's going to go, I told you so. <laughs> I mean, one, one, one for three won't be bad for Vinny in that. He's, 33% won't be bad for him, you know? Right, exactly. <laughs> Especially, but think about how awful that percentage is, too, considering in every scenario he's taken the field and he's lost twice. <laughs> Do you know how bad that is to lose to the field twice? <laughs> oh, that's one specific team won't win, and then yet they do? Oh, man. Breaking news, Severino New to the year. Severino. To the more disabled list, he's going for an MRI for arm pain on throw from throwing on flat ground, so that's not good. Dude, they broke him last year, man. There was something up with him last year. That's not good. But back to your Red Sox, yeah, Vin, Vin, Vinny is a mush, and I, I, I can't think otherwise. I mean, he wanted, he thought Duke was going to win. He said Duke was going to win the national championship no. this year. I you just, said they were going to win the national championship. Yeah, but I did it just because, you know, I've been rooting for Zion all year, so <laughs> might as well. I didn't actually... I can't wait for the Knicks to get the number two overall pick this year. <laughs> You're not v- wrong, Vinny's Jeff. Vinny's tankathon has had that four times already. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Vinny plays yeah, a game I mean, on his phone. Mean, the odds, Dude, the odds are we want. Man cry. The odds are... you grown man cry. Wait till the Knicks get the second pick, and Vinny's just going to be... Dude, he'll, he's going to need... He's going to have a mental break. <laughs> You're you're shooting for the stars. I'm saying fifth pick. <laughs> uh, second pick would be, uh, you know, wouldn't be too it bad. It would just make but... it even funnier if it was the second pick that you just missed it by just that much. <laughs> <laughs> that would be more heartbreaking if that was the case. But again, I'm I'm already used to not getting anything, so I'm not. But the Red Sox will be fine. Yeah, it wouldn't be as much of a downfall to you because you don't even want Zion. <laughs> no, I want. No, I don't want anything to do with Zion Dude, Williamson. Even even Vinny Rubo, who's the most hardcore of Red Sox haters, he's got to even think that the Red Sox are going to be fine through this. No, I don't, and, um, I don't think he feels that way. No, I mean, by the end of the year, they'll be all right. I think there's going to be, you know, obviously tough sledding to get back. You know, they're, what are they, 3-8? and eight? I mean, it could be worse, I guess. But, I mean, it wasn't exactly what you envisioned when, it, when you went on an 11-game road trip. You probably 
five and six you would have taken. Um, six and five. Yeah, three it's and a little tough. worse than I thought it was going to be, but I, I didn't expect fireworks right out of the gate either. No, it's tough. Uh, you know, West Coast trips are always tough for East Coast teams. Um, you know, especially in the, the first series, the first, you know, I remember the Yankees did that uh, 98, 90, uh, when they, they were like one and four, one and five. Then they won 114 games. So, you know what? Yeah, but, you but, do it. but you know what? Like, what's kind of crazy about the Boston Red Sox is now they come home for, for uh, six games, they play Toronto twice. Starting tomorrow, who are three and eight as well, and then they play against Baltimore, who they're going to absolutely demolish. Uh, and they're going to get some inspiration through all this, right? Because you know they were on the road and all that kind of thing. But tomorrow's the big day; they get their rings, they get their inspiration for the upcoming season. So you're telling me to bet the house on the Boston Red Sox tomorrow? No, I'm just saying I think seeing a ring would would motivate them to be like, hey, man, we, we want to try to do that again and, like, you know, Vin, jumpstart them a little bit. Vinny looks like he's going to cry after hearing that. So well, all... I mean, I'm sure the Yankees' rings were just as nice. Didn't they get some rings, Vinny? Yeah, we got oh, the... no, they didn't? Yeah, oh, we that's got, too bad. We got 27 of them. <laughs> yeah, okay. And how many of them are on guys that are dead and buried? Like twenty four of them. Yeah, how, how many of the how many of them are in uh, in I've good seen, condition? I've seen. Four. How many of them have actually rusted by now? <laughs> this is what Yankee fans do because they have a great history, right? But because they're they're so insecure that the Red Sox have been bashing their brains in for the last twenty years that they get last twenty years and say we have twenty. I would have go mean, the 15? last. Maybe the last ten, maybe 15, the last decade. fifteen was yeah. That that fifteen years ago was the first two thousand four, right? Sox, yeah. yeah. Okay, I I I'll give you and especially in the manner that it happened in yeah, too. coming down, coming back from three one down. Right. Yeah, right. I was at that game in Yankee Stadium. Of course you were. Why wouldn't you be at that game in Yankee Stadium? Of that course. was a great game. You remember how many pitchers they used, Vinny? Like eight Which pitchers game? in that game. Kevin Brown threw up on himself. The oh, whole game thing. seven. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, that's what that's what Yankee fans do. They go, "Oh, we got twenty six. Yeah, how you doing in the last fifteen years? You've been getting killed." We have what do we have? One, one in the last fifteen years, just two thousand nine. That's not good. That's not good. We haven't been getting killed. I mean, we rebuilt and we were never under five hundred. You guys have been under five hundred before. You guys have won more championships though in the past fifteen years. Yeah, you know, ups and downs, but it's but again. Being so, but this is the, the ironic thing to be in a Yankees fan, right? So you wave your rings in our face, right? And then you go, "Oh, but we we've had less than under five hundred seasons." Yeah, well, we got more rings in the last fifteen years. So you we have wave more, your rings, and but rings we have more matter. rings total ever. So I mean, you could say that, and we we could say that. Let's add up Boston's rings versus all of New York's rings. Who comes out on top? I could what just, ever. Oh yeah, ever. New well, York Yankees. I don't. Well, <laughs> Yankees will, hell no, hell no, no I don't think so. Up, you want to put up all the Celtics, Celtics have seventeen. Oh, the Celtics have won seventeen yeah. times. Celtics have seventeen. Jesus. Obviously, the Patriots have the most for NFL six. There's another six. Red Sox have eight. I think Bruins have eight too. So that's sixteen. That's thirty. That's almost forty. So the how many the Giants have? Giants have four. four. So Correct. that's thirty-two. I no, they have no four. Giants of four. Come on, don't disrespect the New York Giants no, like well, that. Well, the two against the Patriots and then in '86. They, that's, they beat that's, Buffalo and then the '90. Beat Buffalo once and Denver once. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. No, no, no. I wasn't trying to bash them. I was just saying I thought it was three. All that's right. All. So the Knicks have two, Rangers of four. Two to seventeen. 
Right. Let's wave those rings, Vinny. <laughs> oh man, it's tough. But again, I'm I, I'm not gonna really. I'm not. It's just a little concerning with me with the starting pitching. I know you guys been on the road for 11 straight games, and now you come home for for the next six. I want to see how your pitching is going to be at home for the next six games because you have Sale, Ivaldi, Rodriguez, Porcello, Price, and then Sale again. But but then you're back on the road for five games where you're going to New York and Tampa. Wait, but that's more normal. Like starting starting away for 11 games. That's pretty tough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but then you you look at it after the New York and Tampa game. You come home to Detroit, to Detroit for four games, home again for three games against Tampa, and home again for Oakland for three games. So that's ten straight games on at home. You're going to have from the April twenty second to May first. Ten straight home right, games so is what you're going to even out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, the home and away thing's going to even out. So like. Yeah, they go through a tough stretch right now. Yeah, they're not pitching well. They're not even really hitting all that well, to be honest. No, they're not. And they're not. They look like the New York everything Yankees. Everything is overemphasized in the beginning of the year. If this was a 3-8 right. in the middle of the year, then no, you know it wouldn't be talked about as much. But when, when teams start out, you know, especially It's just that teams, they have so much expectations. That That's really what it comes down to. It's the same thing with the Yankees. The Yankees are somehow picked to win the World Series this year. I still don't see it. But they're they're Vegas favored to win the World Series. Like when you see teams like the Red Sox and Yankees that should be doing better than what they are and they aren't. It, it, right, it, but it's just like the Yankees last year, though, Matt. What, I realize it's not a three and eight start they got out to last year. But what did the Yankees start out at last year? Five and five, I believe. Yeah, five and five or five and six, something along right, those so lines. We're two games behind the Yankees start last year. Do you know what I'm saying? We're two games behind that start, right? Okay, so it's a it's a little worse for sure. But, like, the Yankees were still right there and in it and competing. So, like, I, you know, I'm not one of these pink hats that's going to that's gonna panic. We're 11 games in. Uh, yeah, listen, I understand. I understand. I wouldn't panic either. It, it, it's just a little crazy to me, though, with the uh... – with the, with the way the teams are starting out right now, that that that's all it is to me is. And you, if if you were gonna pick a reason why the Red Sox started three and eight before this, like if I told you before the season they're gonna start three and eight, everyone would have said, "Oh, it's because of their bullpen. They don't have the bullpen arms." Well, that's not the case. It's been their starting pitching. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know? Yeah. So I mean. You know, what's happening right now is a little concerning because it's a lot of, you know, I mean, you just gave money to a lot of players and a lot of it, and you want them to play better, and they're just struggling right now. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're you know, right. But do you, I mean, Matt, be honest. Do you think Chris Sale is is, is going to just no, no. He's too, every game? No, he's too good of a pitcher. No, of course not. Of right. Of course not. You know? I, you know, low-key, not to sound the alarms, but I'd be a little more panicky about the Yankees for only one reason. Injuries. Injuries. Absolutely. Dude, the Severino thing, I had long said the Severino thing is the most concerning out of either so let of me, the two teams. Let me ask you this. When would you get nervous if you're a Red Sox fan, you know, when in the season, if this All continues? Star All-star break. All-star break. Oh, so not after like a month, not after the no, first. So by July? Yeah, all-star break. 
All Star break, you're halfway through. Right? How many games Let's back would you be concerned through. on, too? Yeah, how many games back would uh, really Dude, scare you? Because you know how it is, Jeff. You know how I'm a big component of getting out off to a hot start. You know how I'm I, how I feel about that. So, how many Listen, games they, back would you feel they comfortable? Need to be with, they need to be under ten games back. Okay. Okay. Because, I mean, like, that's realistic, right? Because Of course, because yeah, how many times they do they play the Yankees in the second half, too? Or, 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 hey, listen, man, don't sleep on the Rays. The Rays are playing well uh-huh. right now. Yeah, that's right. But the Rays are also in third place, so I'm I'm counting them out right now. I mean, I, I mean, I hear you. I'm just saying, like, you know, it's just like with the, the way Vinny was thinking about it last year when the Yankees were behind, right? He was just like, well, if they beat the Red Sox a couple of times, that makes up those games, right? And then if you can just win... A game or two or three more, you climb into the into first place. Yeah. So they got to be within ten games at the All Star break. Fair enough, Jeff. Thanks for calling. It's six o'clock. Uh, your favorite person, Errol, is going to be on next, so I'm sure you're going to enjoy oh, him. The CEO of Stupid. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thanks, Jeff. I'm sure I'll talk to you tomorrow. Count, count up them rings, Vinny. Get back to me. Let me know how, <laughs> how many New York have been. <laughs> thanks, Pretty Jeff. Sad you don't get to forty when the Yankees have thirty of them. <laughs> Thanks, Jeff. Hang up on this guy. Ah, Jeff from Tampa busting Vinny's chops as per usual. But that is it for our show, ladies and gentlemen. Um, tune in tomorrow. We, we will be back tomorrow at 4 o'clock with Vinny and I. It is the national championship. And college basketball season is over after tonight. And it's a little upsetting to me. But we will be back tomorrow at 4 p.m. So, again, have a good night, ladies and gentlemen. Enjoy the game. And we'll be back tomorrow here at the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.